0: So where are we starting? I was thinking we'd go
1: way, 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 way back. Oh, God. Way back to, uh, do you remember when uh, the, just the inkling of actually playing music occurred
0: to you? Yes. You yes. Very, very young age. Like most. Very, very young age. I saw, I saw all the heavy rock bands and I said, that's what I want to do. But I'll wait. No, I'm not going to take lessons. I don't want to be the. I was enjoying my teens way too much to stay in home and learn scales. And I figured it would have to be something pretty intense to play the kind of stuff I wanted to play.
1: Who were the bands that
0: were? They're still, still, still the ones I listen to today. Yeah, Iron Maiden, Motorhead, Sabbath, that kind of stuff. But oh. then again. One of the first concerts I ever saw was the Carpenters. I still love the Carpenters. Still like all the, I mean, everything from the traditional Irish all the way through heavy rock and beyond.
1: That's when you were a little kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Did your your dad take you to
0: see the Carpenters? Yeah, the whole family were in Vegas when when we were. Oh, that's right. We were kids. Okay. Walked in uh, to uh, my dad took us all the whole family seven kids or eight kids at the time I think uh, took us all to see the Carpenters and uh, yeah it was uh, it was non-stop from there.
1: Uh,
0: how old were you at this point? This old, I don't know.
1: Was this after y'all moved back to Ireland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, and we you...
0: came for holidays in the States two or three times, but we'd always go to Europe, but we, I think we did two or three family holidays here in the States, uh, but, you know, mo- mostly Europe. Yeah. Traveled a lot. Yeah. And what about you? I didn't really get the
1: get the bug until I went to go see Stop Making Sense for the first time when I was 16 at River Oaks Theater. And that just kind of put a light on in my head. But it wasn't until that Christmas that I finally, I asked for a guitar for Christmas that year. And it took another three or four months before I was actually able to play it, I think.
0: That's quick. I I got a guitar when I was 17. I never, 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 I mean, I, I plugged it in to... uh and anything that looked like it might produce some noise and uh, promptly blew up stereos and amps and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I, I never learned how to play. I just carried it around just to... Yeah. What kind of guitar was it? It was, uh, I still remember, it, it looked like a Strat, looked like a, or a Jaguar, but it was... Uh, the make was audition. It was just a off-brand, like Japanese-made thing. Uh-huh. But thing played like butter. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant guitar. Did you ask for it, or did you? No, I, I bought it. You bought it? I bought it. I saved up and bought it. Wait. Snatch purse, saved up, same thing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I got it in Dublin, and I was seventeen. I think I was seventeen years old. Yeah. Never, never learned how to play it. Couldn't did even it, tune the damn thing.
1: Did any of your friends play instruments? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We had a band that never actually played a song together. But we were, uh, I think, screaming demons. Oh, really? Yeah. uh, And actually, uh, through a friend of mine, Mark Havna, I got our drummer, who's actually a wonderful drummer today. I never played with him. What's his name? His name is Dominic Walsh. But we got him drum lessons with Brian Downey of Thin Lizzy. Because my wow. friend Mark Kavanagh lived next door to uh, Brian Downey, arguably one of the best uh, rock drummers of all time. And my uh, I still am in touch with Graham Downey now, uh, his son, so he, thanks to uh, social media. You actually met Brian? I, I, Yeah, I mean, I met him, God, I, actually not, not while he lived in Savile Park Gardens in Dorky. I met him in Dublin a couple of times.
1: So this was during your teen years? Yeah.
0: But you know, Thin Lizzy had 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 broken up at that point, but uh, and Philo was on doing Grand Slam, and he was doing some stuff with Midjour and you know different things. But yeah. did you ever see him around Dublin? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, really? yeah. It was the the nice thing about Dublin is they don't harass people. You know, you see famous people walking down the street like Evan Morrison or whatnot, and and they won't bother them. But you'll you you, you can see them nudging each other. Mm. Stay, stay to your man. Yeah. And, and they'll they'll. So they let you be. That's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nice it's a nice vibe.
1: So okay, so you got your first guitar, but you didn't learn to play it. So when did you actually learn your first chord? Can you remember?
0: Yeah, well, actually, I, I say I never learned it. I mean, I taught myself. I've a, I've, I have a good ear, so I I would play along with records mostly I, the Iron Maiden stuff because there was two guitar parts and a bass part, and you could really lose yourself in that. It just just one of their melodies, one of their riffs, one of their uh, verse chorus things. There's a lot to get into. My, my ear's decent, so I was able to pick out the notes and it was easy for me to find the notes. Now putting them all together and then having no musical training whatsoever, it was difficult to see where one solo ended and one began because I was too interested in playing everything at the same time. Yeah. So finding the notes was no problem and singing didn't seem to be a problem. Not well, but getting the right note Never see I I my, like I said my ear is decent so I've uh, harmonies and stuff like that come relatively easily mm-hmm. so um, but uh, that's that's what drew me to even stuff like carpenters I mean you, you know like way back then listening to Karen Carpenter and then the backing vocals of of just something as uh, what what she uh, seemed to be as easy as Top of the World and then you listen to that now and you just you know uh, whatever his name is Carpenter the the brother was just a wizard at composing and putting this stuff together. Mm-hmm. Simon Garfunkel, the same thing. I used to love them as a kid. Now I listen to it and I said, oh, okay. It dawns on you how much goes into it and how much you, you actually steal from that growing up.
1: Do you remember, did you take any interest in singing at the time?
0: Yes, that my, that my friend, that aforementioned, Mark Kavna, got me a gig with a band in town. And that's they were right, all- That's right, that's right yeah, yeah, they were all way, way, way older than me. And we went in. What's was the name of that band? I don't know, I don't recall. It seemed like they had a lot of uh connections and they were going to do big things and it was basically it was a school night and mark Havner said hey my uncle's band is playing in town they need a singer i said what are you calling me for he said you could do it you could it. i was always messing around in school just oh, so, like singing in
1: the halls and stuff like that or we're
0: just joking around you know yeah. and uh, so anyway we went into town i remember actually i don't think mark came with me so we went into these studios and i want to, I, I want to say it was I can I, I can't even tell you there's there, there's there's no street names in Dublin. You just have to know. I could walk you there right now from Grafton Street, right? Or getting off the getting off the uh, the train at Pierce Street and walk. I could walk there, but I can't tell you the names of the places. So and I so I went up and I went. They, they, they had hired a studio, and I remember walking in. There was two massive guitar amps and a drum kit with double kick drum, double bass drum, and couldn't believe that I was in a room with professional gear. And I walked in and uh uh and I was a lot younger than the than the other people in the band. And uh alright, how are you? What's your name? Patrick. Right, well, right, uh what kind of stuff do you sing? Rock and roll. Yeah, uh, all right, what, what what do you want to sing? I don't know. <laughs> well, what do you know? I don't know. And then I think we did uh we did uh a thin Lizzy song. I think we did Dancing in the moonlight or mm-hmm. something like that, and then we did something else. we did a section of I't uh, don't, believe, don't believe a word. I oh, said wow. Lizzie, And we did uh, we did uh, anyway, we did, it, we did we did bits and pieces of about three or four or five songs. Anyway, I got the job, and before <laughs> before I got home, unbeknownst to me, before I got home to the no, that's not true. that's I was going to say that the band split up before I got home before I, the train <laughs> got home that night, but that's not true. We actually, um, so they called me the next day and they said, right, you're in, we're going to rehearse this, this, and this. And I said, right, brilliant. You know, I was already thinking about just quitting school. and Anyway, but the band did split up before we, we got anything going. And I don't know remember any of their names. I remember Mark's uncle. So there's never a gig. Yeah, ne- ne- never a gig. And that was the last time I ever touched music. I mean, seriously, when I lived in Boston, so then fast forward a few years, I moved to Boston. I lived in South Boston for a little while.
1: How old were you when you moved? Uh, I
0: was younger than 18, I am now and older than, yeah. I was probably, I was 18 when I left. Yeah. 18-ish. So, and when I was in Boston, I met some people that could play half, remember in the 80s, I don't know if you remember or not, if, <laughs> if you were walking through a mall, I used to work in a place called Faneuil Hall in Boston. Yes. And... You could just walk through the halls of Boston, or, or, or excuse me, of Faneuil Hall, and just it, it was just a, a bunch of shop fronts, everything from pizzerias to Greek food to Italian to da, blah, 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 every kind, of, every kind of thing you can imagine. So you could just walk through there and you would be solicited three or four times, hey, you're, you're in a band? No. D- do you want to be? <laughs> I said, do you, ha- do, do you even know if I play anything? It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. So yeah, so but that was the eighties. I mean, that was every single mall, every single public, you know, poser, you know, That's paradise. No. You would be, you'd be, uh, you'd be accosted by people. Hey, you want to start a rock and roll? And um, it's like know, it's like people trying to sell you drugs. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and, and said and it, they
1: want you to join.
0: Them. Yeah, and, and I remember I remember two funny stories in. I lived in a place called Monroe, Louisiana for about, uh, maybe about as long as you could hold your breath, probably about eight or 10 minutes, but a mm-hmm. I, I, I very, very, very short amount of, and still way too long to live in Monroe, mm-hmm. Louisiana. I was walking through the mall, two funny stories. One, I was walking through the mall and I got a, a approached by a couple of guys. Hey, are you in a band? No. Yeah. Do you play anything? No. Uh, all right, you could be the drummer. <laughs> and uh, so they just signed me up on the spot. So that was literally the for
1: drummer for real is that we, what they said?
0: Yeah, that, that's what they said. But it, it you know it turned out that they that they were they were working on some Aussie songs and some they they had about three or four songs that they could barely get through. So I I was the I was going to be the singer. Okay. And uh, but but the other one was my favorite Monroe Louisiana story was uh, walking through the mall and I signed autographs. I don't know who <laughs> they thought I was. I don't know who I thought I was. But we it was it was outside. It wasn't Hot Topic, but it was something like that. Some kind of shop like that. And I was like, oh, it's him. And I just, (laughs) without even saying a word, it just kind of signed the thing and said, there you go. I just like scribbled on the back of their denim jackets. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, so, and also, um, uh, so I come from Florida. So I was, my hair was pretty white from the, from the sun and I was pretty dark. So I didn't look like I was from, from, uh, Monroe, Louisiana, you know, of it's, a, it's like the Monty Python skit, there's, uh, you know, there's some lovely filth over here, Dennis, you know, and it was, the uh, I was the only one without crap you're, all Yeah, him, so. you're right, right, right. <laughs> so that was my Monroe, Louisiana.
1: When, when, uh, after you moved to the States at some point, wasn't until you got to Houston that you you didn't even own a guitar at this point right In yeah, the states, yeah I,
0: I, I owned a guitar
1: did you bring it over with you I, the,
0: the audition that i had i swapped for a bass and it was a a jazz copy a fender jazz yeah bass copy and yeah i swapped it with a friend of mine in ballybrack right before i left so i took the bass over no case for it just carried it and uh so that's what i had in boston then i bought a kramer guitar which it was useless to me because a it was a kramer and b i didn't have a fireplace so there was no place to put it it was awful (laughs) awful guitar and um (laughs) i don't know what happened to that one hopefully hopefully it 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 burned it was just the woeful guitar really and then um that one oh so what happened to the bass was so i loaned it to one of these people that supposedly could play and i had borrowed their 12 string alvarez well when i got my bass back for some reason they took the back of, it was a bolt on neck and they had taken the neck off and they driven a nail through it and the nail <laughs> they driven to, to hold on so i guess they lost the screws and put what, what like one giant nail through the back of the the thing so the, the guitar was initially ruined oh, geez and uh, so i just kept the 12 string which i have today oh yeah i can't think i remember, I remember
1: yeah that story yeah
0: so uh yeah there's very nice
1: 12 string by the way
0: yeah beautiful beautiful guitar but there's somebody in boston that's all pissed off and guess what <sighs> <laughs> so I, uh, but uh, yeah, so so I did have a guitar. And then um, I, I can't remember. I had this. I had that Kramer striker for a while, and oh, wish I got rid of it sooner. I, mean, I don't have it. I don't have it. And I don't know what happened to. <laughs> Were it. Were you
1: fairly proficient on guitar by this no, point? No, 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 no. No chords. No, no,
0: no. A no. couple chords. Three chords. Oh yeah, yeah. A couple of chords, but and I could I could pretty fast, but yeah, you didn't. No. Yeah. No. Let's just
1: jump ahead to where was it? Was was davy bryan right who finally pushed you to go and perform on your own no no no
0: no no no. i mean i pushed myself to perform two guys can't remember the name dave and some greg i want to say where i was bartending at a place called the outback pub on fountain view and here in houston right and uh two guys came in greg and dave they were putting together this event this night they were going to do it once a month or but they were going to invite all their all their bar friends uh, this was a the, the bar community was pretty huge back then because we had all the Richmond Strip and then there was Shepherd Square as well that was kind of uh, you you, you know, the, that massive just just um, melting melting pot of bartenders waitresses that would just jump just just run round and round and round go through all these bars and where was uh, Shepherd Square again Shepherd Square in where uh, where Sound Warehouse was okay. Yeah, Cactus Records is now. And uh uh back there there was a the ballroom, there was the the Coyote play or something just crazy just just a ton a ton of bars. And uh well there was a place called the Rhino Room and uh so Greg and Dave were doing this thing and I said I they're, they're I'm bartending they're at the bar planning this massive um uh, event that they're going to do or you know events that they're going to do. So uh I said, I said, well, I said, I'll I'll host it. You know, I'll do a, a an acoustic thing. And now, keep in mind, I have never played one song all the way through. I right. have never played once. I I could play a couple of chords and sing a little bit, but I would never played a full song all the way through. So, Greg and Dave, jump at it. That's great. Yeah, yeah, you're hired. How much do you want? Uh, okay. So. As reality set in, I went home and realized I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. I've got no idea what I'm doing. I've, so I talked myself into this gig, and I tried to learn a couple of songs. And I'd get a verse and the chorus down. Yeah, got it. Okay, next one, verse and a chorus. Yeah, got it. And uh, it, it, and it wasn't close to being done. If 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 anybody's ever performed, you know that if you just sing a verse and a chorus of a three verse chorus song with maybe a bridge in it you're going to be out of material quickly and you're also going to you, you anything that you don't rehearse at home you're not going to get right in front of a, right in front of an audience yeah so uh so i talked myself into the and as the gig got closer and closer and closer i panicked more and more more. so I called up our friend davy bryan and uh, davy and uh get down here you i need you so got davy to carry the show and uh uh, that was it that was it and i remember I remember the very very first time the very first time walking onto that stage, a tiny little stage in the rhino room, and uh walking on there, just wanting to throw up wanting to throw <laughs> up and just just absolutely uh absolutely horrified that I had talked myself into this and uh, i still i' i still i can remember exactly how bad I felt. Mm. How did how did Davy
1: what did Davy say about it? David
0: was good. David was good. Davy's a Davy's uh, Davey's, uh has, has I think Davy was a professional when he was six months old. Right. He's just he's just a, he breathes, lives uh blues and folk and stuff. He's a he's a he's a he's a really is a, a wonderful performer. Where did you meet him? Where did I, meet? I I was bartending at a place called Aviators out by Intercontinental Airport. Uh he would I, I met I met so many people through Bob Fuldaur of Turn Two Productions. Yeah. And uh, I'll never forgive him for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: So after that first gig, did you and Davy talk like, did you go, oh man, I, I should have rehearsed more. Or did did or uh, Was there any discussion like that afterwards? No, like, did, no, no, like, no, 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 Get back there and do it again.
0: Yeah. Well, the, well, the thing about it is, and most performers will tell you that they, that they want to throw up and they're just, they just can't. Well, again, if you're not prepared, you can do one of two things. You can, you can just jump in and do it or get a, get a music stand and fake it um right you know there's uh, um but i mean i still get nervous there's not one show where i don't get nervous i get nervous every single time it doesn't matter if there's one person there or a hundred thousand people there i get nervous every time but the thing about working with davey was davey davey's davey's such a commanding figure on stage anyway he's able to to take the brunt of the attention and gave me a little bit of um, room to kind of figure out my Figure out what I was going to do, mm-hmm. and then later on, uh, a good friend of ours who hopefully will be playing some keyboards and other stuff on our record, Patrick Brennan, yes. he was there, and he okay. he uh, he was the I want to say he was the one he said to me, the, the only thing that was missing was confidence. He said it was it was really good. So I was for Patrick Brennan to say that this guy can play anything, yeah, anytime, anywhere. This guy is just like Davey, just an incredible musician, yeah, and also a, 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 a gem of Houston, just. Did you meet him working at, at, at av- Aviators as well? I met, no, I met Patrick Brennan through uh, a bunch of different musicians here in town. But uh, Patrick Brennan, this is this is Houston trivia for you. He was in a band called Rancho Bebop, who Davey Bryan idolized when he came to town. That was the band that okay. everybody wanted to play in, you know. Wow. That was the, the serious, serious, serious players. Yeah, but Patrick Brennan, uh, when I worked at Pig & Whistle and uh, different venues around here, I met Patrick Brennan. And, uh Still, like Davey, dear friends, still to this day. We'll, yeah. You know, we'll always be into Yeah. Just treasures as far as uh, Houston talent goes.
1: I still have yet to see him play. Which, <sighs> which bugs the uh, hell on me.
0: Patrick plays, he plays a few different venues, but he does a, an Italian restaurant out close to Cyprus. I'm going to blank on the name. I'm going to blank on the name, but i'll come back to that yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah patrick brennan is an absolutely just just we talked about this many times before in different uh, in, di- in different uh, arenas but um houston is absolutely just stacked with fantastic musicians i still marvel because again i did many years at the continental club i opened the continental club here in houston mm-hmm. and midtown and so I've seen the I've seen the talent that comes through town, and this town is just absolutely crawling with some of the best players I've ever seen. Now, again, I lived in Florida in, in um, Fort Lauderdale for quite a while, and I saw. I so, think of think of Florida as this massive U-turn to get back into, I, I, you know what I mean? Like just come, you know, just come down the East Coast and then just as fast as you can, just U-turn and get the hell out of, you know. And, and, and again, I, I have some dear friends in Florida and I have some wonderful, wonderful memories. And I lived on the beach in Pompano Beach and I, I hung around at Summers on the beach in fort lauderdale and button south and uh, our good friend Lori. yeah that's right. uh, yeah Lori. I, I didn't know her there but we were at the same clubs at that same time but we met in houston so we are we have florida as our common ground we know some of the same people we've that's are crazy yeah it really yeah. is it's just yeah she knows all the same people that i all the bands that i saw she saw she actually got us that gig in uh, tobacco road we played at tobacco road which oh, that is was a weird now. one
1: yeah do you yeah. remember when that that first show that you did with Davey? do you remember what songs you did? <gasps> i
0: just remember one song that we did and uh i'm not going to tell you what it was because uh no i'm just kidding it was <laughs> uh it was uh lodi by uh, cco that's right that's right
1: that's right I remember,
0: and uh I this and one. i just I, you know i hate that song but i love the way Davy did it so uh actually i sang lead and i i and he sang the he sang the harmonies and and it was it was one of those it was one of those goosebumps moments where again this is one of the first time I've ever been in a real music situation, and I have this guy backing me up on vocals. and Davey can't sing a wrong note if he tried. Oh God! No. So you're, so you're, so I'm singing the the, the main line, and then then the harmony comes in, and all the hairs on my arms stand up, and I thought, what the hell is that? You know, this is so. So Davy is, you know, he he was, uh, I, and we did another one. Uh, we did a uh, another one by the Ron Kavanaugh, uh, it's called Irish Ways. again. Yeah, I was just thinking about that song. Yeah,
1: with Davy singing singing harmony on it. I really like that song. I know that you you sometimes hesitated, like I don't want to do that song. Sometimes yeah, sometimes it's had to be pushed into doing it. But I think it'd be kind of fun to to do that
0: one again. Yeah, it's so, uh, funny. I was actually playing it for my solo show in uh, Brian. Good. I didn't I didn't play it there, but uh, oh okay. Uh, I forget who said it. I, I think it was my friend Lemmy. Just kidding. Um, I think it was.
1: Uh, <laughs> That's going to be a running joke.
0: Yeah. I forget who said it, but whoever it was said, and and I hang my hat on this: is just always surround yourself with better musicians. Always have it might have it might have been Davey, but whoever it was said, you know, always surround yourself with better players than you. So, how soon was it after that that you got on stage again? I'd I probably I, I probably had to do the next week.
1: Oh, I really probably had to do yeah at the same pub, I guess.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, then here's another little little snippet from there. So the Rhino Room, and uh, when Greg and Dave were talking about this I think his name is Greg but uh when they were talking about this event they were going to do I said open can spam jam so what we were going to do what what they were going to do was they were going to do uh, an invite only that's what it was invite only open mic meaning you're not going to get the guy off the street with the harmonica so they had to be invited and it was going to be a a guest yeah a curated yeah exactly so so they, so they printed up these cards, these postcards, much like we're going to have next week, mm-hmm. um, these glossy postcards, and they put open can spam jam on. Again, I was just messing. Well, anyway, so the second week we did it, we get this letter, I get this letter, and the club gets this letter from spam, Hormel, that says, you can't use that. <laughs> so I got, yeah, they go, we're going to sue you for the thing. I said, I said, you know, piss off. You're, you can't, you know, you no know way. So anyway, so they, oh, no, so, but- so yeah, we did, and uh, I remember Lynette, my friend Lynette. She called me up, and she goes, eh. "She goes, you're already causing a stir. What's wrong with you?" And anyway, so that was our. We had to nip that one in the in the bud. But yeah, that was. <laughs> I, I forgot know about. I that. heard that. Yeah, the spam story before. Yeah, I just again it just dawned on me. I have no idea where this stuff is coming from. <laughs> now going back to what we just said, always surround yourself with better players. I did that again in five easy payments, and. Uh, I got really good players, uh, a girl named Kristen on fiddle, Adela on bass, uh, a couple of different drummers, Eric Olson. a couple of different drummers, and again, one or two different shows, uh, actually different bass players and different, God, it's just, I'm getting tired just thinking of the different lineups.
1: So all these musicians are people you'd met in the course of uh, working at these various places.
0: And that that, that open can spam jam thing too. That was uh, uh, the the week after I worked with Davey. I worked with uh, my friend Kent uh, from Rat Ranch uh, so, I worked with, I worked with, so I worked with a bunch of people. I figured it would be a lot easier to get other players in there to learn the songs than I could just whine over the top of it and be done. And again, to, to the point that we're talking about, that I'm talking about nonstop, is, uh, is all these bands would come through and you would see that, like I said, a w- w- lot of really, really great players and you know most of whom I'm still friends with to this day, you, you see the talent coming through. But then at the same time, I was also seeing that I was seeing that there was this massive gap in the music scene that I wanted to feel You and I had talked about it, Beverly, from the previous episode. Yeah. But there was there, there was this massive gap in not only the performance, but the music. So they're all doing this crap. Now, remember, the 90s, too, was the, the, the you know, if you ever turned the radio on, the first thing you want to do is jump out of a really tall building or <laughs> just, you know, just... Wallow in this, just I mean, it's just. I think the happiest song was "The Lightning Crashes" by Live. You know, it was a, it was a miserable time, to, you know, for, for rock and roll. So all these bands are coming through and they're all playing this stuff. Again, just my opinion, obviously, but they're coming through, playing this stuff, and it's depressing. And the clubs depressed, and the bartenders are depressed, and the bartenders are now getting higher and are getting more. Yeah. So that's when I was. Saying there's a there's a spot for, diddly, 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 yeah. diddly, you know, with a little bit of a yeah. bit of kick behind it.
1: So it wasn't just it wasn't just there weren't any Irish rock bands. It was just a matter of like where's the fun? Where's yes. the rock?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, a lot of stuff. Most of the stuff we do is tongue in cheek, but it's still not it's it's not this. Uh, I remember one of the band's killer guitar player, uh, Pitbull. Absolutely phenomenal player. The, the, the drummer was my favorite. Greg on drums. One of the tastiest, I mean, again, like a, like a Brian Downey meets, yeah. meets a Stuart Copeland kind of thing. Wow. And, and, and his idol was Brian Downey and uh, uh, Tommy Aldridge. Just a beast of a drummer. And then they had this guitar player, John Ziegler, I'm still friends with. He's out in LA, I believe. He, uh, just one of the most amazing guitar players I've ever seen. Just the fastest fingers, but still great tone. He had massive, but they were too loud. They were just way too loud. So no matter where they played, you couldn't enjoy what they were doing because it was just way, way, way too much for the small rooms. Even when I saw them outside, it was still way too loud. But they were, you know, a lot of solos, a lot of, a lot of jam, not, not fish kind of jam stuff, but just meandering. And then there was Kent's band, Rat Ranch. They were, the other musicians didn't like them because they, were, they wouldn't play a song if they couldn't get it to a T. And they would match the stuff they had, you know, they had just, they worked everything out to an absolute T and, and they wouldn't play the song if it didn't sound like it did on the radio. So the other musicians would be like, well, those guys are playing Detect. No, they're not. They're they're just really, 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 they're anal about getting their, get, you know, making the song sound like, but so, so that was a great, that was always a great night when we, when we had them in because they would go through their, they would play a pop number with a rock number with a Pink Floyd, with a Tom Petty and just, just, just the, the swath was just immense yeah. when they played but at the same time there was still a gap there was still something that was missing that you need you wanted somebody to be able to come in there and just be be able to smack you around but then let you know give you rest and then pick it back up again and that's when I was and I didn't even know it was going to be the, the Irish stuff the Irish stuff was like I said was just kind of is infectious the tunes get in your head and the rhythms get in your head and and then and it's and it's real easy to even if you don't like the song, it's only going to be, only going to be on for two minutes. You know,
1: but. Right. So do you remember? You mentioned um, I've already forgotten his name. From the guy who gave you the name.
0: Oh yes, Lou Temple.
1: Lou Temple, yeah. Five easy payments. So he knew that you were thinking of getting a band together. Well, I told him. You told him, yeah. right? But but uh, who do you remember? Who were some of the other people? The first like the like the first one or two people that you talked to? Like let's 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 get together and learn some songs and do this thing. Do you remember who those people were?
0: no I mean I, just, I, I did talk you know extensively yeah. to to a lot of different people about it, and uh, like we said in the last one um, Houston is absolutely stacked with great players however when you're when you're not doing a blues thing or a country thing or a whatever you, metal thing whatever you, if you're not doing that, it's really hard to entice people to come play with you now, do you go and record the stuff and Give it to them? No, because they're not going to listen to it. I can't tell you. This is again. We're in the '90s. We're yeah. talking cassette tapes. Right. So you're, you're you're making these ta- you painstakingly making these playlists, and you're giving them to people. And the musicians aren't going to do their homework because not only is Houston stacked with with great musicians, musicians are stacked with this ego that says, "Oh, I'll will be able to do that." Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. They're still around. Yeah, <laughs> it's still
0: yeah still r- runs but, rampant. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're exactly right. But the, the other the other thing is too with, with with five easy payments, I wanted to be the. I wanted to call the shots in the band because I, I wanted to fill that little fill that little gap. I wanted to do something that nobody else is doing. The Irish thing is a curse, and but it's still it, it's still nice because it's a niche, but it, it's a curse because people oh yeah we're, well we're not gonna we're not gonna pass to them until the Paddy's Day and then or halfway to Paddy's Day or so you know. Did you anticipate that when you were first starting this? No, my yeah. thing was you're going to play in an Irish rock and roll band there's an Irish pub in every town yeah every place in the whole wide world so you you never out of a gig that was my thinking yeah and i did not think that they're going to hear Irish music and go oh, well we're not going to but when you add what we add to it and you have the recognizable stuff mixed in there mm-hmm. that's what that's what that's what that's why i thought was the the missing missing piece
1: yeah did, did they, it work right after that or
0: it was no 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 not at all i mean as far as
1: playing i mean know you took a while for you to find the right people to yeah to hang on to but i mean did, did the shows how did the shows go over the
0: shows went the shows went very well um but i'm i'm not easy, i'm not easy to please so i don't i i didn't like them but they, they went over well we were always asked back we were always yeah. yeah, yeah. The the other reason why I had to start a band is because nobody was asking me to play with them. Really? Yeah. No, no.
1: Yeah, but that
0: were... was that was the, yeah, that was the eighties and then they found out <laughs> you know, they found out that I that I really wanted to, to do it. They're like, No, 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 we can't do that.
1: All right. We're doing a lot of really cool stuff with our Patreon account right now, a lot of stuff that you're not gonna hear anywhere else. There'll be some bonus stuff from this podcast coming down the
0: pike. And also if you can make it out to a show Do it. And uh, if you don't want to go, send your friends. If you don't like them, send your enemies.
1: (laughs) All right, thanks.